Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the Hard Truth Inside the Football Industry podcast. We're back again with me, Philip Eidson, and with Darren McAnthony, chairman, co-owner, El Presidente of uh, Peterborough United. Angry fucking fan on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, the whole shebang, as were you probably. Yeah, you know, at least you got to see some goals. Fucking goals, I'll tell you. Don't even get me started. Do you know, I probably shouldn't talk about Saturday, so I don't want to say something I regret. Let's just say it was, um, it was, it was the best of us and the worst of us. Mm-hmm. And there's 11 games to go, and we've just got to get on with it. We've got to get back on. Look, tough game tomorrow night. Blackpool, good, yep. good team, like us. But you know, I always said to the manager, we can't forget we're a good team too. Right. No matter when you have a bad result, you got to look at it and go, we're a good fucking team. Yeah. You're, 30, you're 30, up the top for a reason. Hey, there's 35 games in. It's not a fluke, mm-hmm. right? You're there. You're in second. You're third, fourth, whatever the fuck you are. After 35 games, you're a good team, and the players need to look in the mirror and go, we're a good team. Yeah. And we might have shot the bed, you know what I mean, a couple of times recently, but you're bloody good players. And, you know, you want to get over the injuries and losing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of seeing us having to change a team, a winning team, because you're losing the player the day yeah. before. But I did say this was going to happen. Yeah. And again, my partners who are always optimists always remind me, well, everyone else kind of drew as well. But I'm like, yeah, but big teams around us aren't going to keep doing that. Yeah, you got to take your chances. you got to do it, you know what I mean? And get, particularly against teams who haven't won at home for five fucking months. So, and yeah. for people that didn't see the score, you drew 3-3, three, three, right? Mm. Yeah, like I said, I don't want to talk about yeah. performance, but here, here's the reality of the situation. If you're not beating teams struggling and you're not winning away games and you're not putting the foot down on people's neck when you're 2-0 up or whatever mm. else, you got no chance and no right to win promotion. Yeah. So the players need to fix that. I'll leave it to the manager and the players. I won't go into too much more. I don't want to criticise them. It's a lot of games, a lot of time. I'm not making excuses for them either. They all know on Saturday what happened wasn't mm-hmm. acceptable. If they, if they want to be championship footballers, they want to have any chance whatsoever, you, you can't be doing what we did on Saturday. The one thing I know about it is there's some strong characters in there and I'm hoping that, you know, it's a one-off. It's a blip. And um, I'm always of the mind, if you have 30 shots on goal and draw 3-3, Okay, you could have won a game 10 0. Yep. You drew 3 3. So we know what we've got to do better. And we've been really, really good defensively this year. And unfortunately, you know, not so good recently. So it's been there before. It can be done again. Long way to go. Yep. I keep saying this all the time. It sounds boring, do you know what I mean? But like 11 games may as well be 20 games. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's a league with a lot of big teams, a lot of good managers. Yep. Uh, it's relentless. You're playing a Portsmouth on a Tuesday. You, you know, you're paying, okay, a Rochdale on a Saturday. And then you're playing a Blackpool Tuesday, a Sunderland a couple of weeks later. It's what it is. You know, like you, you're on a golden run. Yeah. Runs never last forever in League One. Does have your Man City. But it doesn't when you're in League One or League Two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you've got to find a way to, to get winning yeah, again. Yeah, it's, you know, we drew nil-nil. Uh, and talk about runs. You know, we last couple of games, we lost to Carlisle, mm-hmm. who hadn't won in nine. We drew nil nil to at home to Oldham. I think maybe had one win in nine. Bankers on paper, yeah, which is a load of bullshit. You know, an interesting stat. I don't really follow XG that closely, but it was really interesting yeah. to see that when you look at XG since the new uh, managers took over, we should be second bottom with fifteen points. Right. You know, and reality is we were third in the form table with thirty five points. What's the record since they signed a permanent contract? I'm not sure because I can't remember exactly when they signed it, but it's going to be. Um, We've probably lost as many as we've won, if not lost more than we've won since they signed the permanent contract. Mm. We haven't won in four now. It's amazing, isn't it? The minute you do that, like I, years ago, I had, a, I had a guy come in caretaker and we won six and seven. Mm-hmm. Then I gave him like a, a permanent contract yeah. and then we just tapped yeah. it off. It just it disappeared. 
Yeah, what's going to be interesting right now is, you know, they got to where they did through mm. pretty pragmatic, um, dull football, but they fixed what was broken. Okay. So the question that I have is, is that their style or were they doing that because they needed to with the sure. players they had? Sure. Um, you know, I think that dull, pragmatic football is not going to, um, we're not going to do it for a team like City. Well, now we'll find out more about these guys yeah. as managers. Now they've had a sticky run. Mm-hmm. You find out a lot about people. Like, I'll find out about my players tomorrow night. Yeah. You know, you find out a lot about people in, we talk about this in the business podcast later, perseverance and reaction and, and reacting mm-hmm. to setbacks. It's like a true champion reacts from a setback by winning. Yeah. And someone who is normal and average will go along and probably have another setback and be a little bit bumpy and rocky, but a winner, a real champion, somebody who wants it, a team who wants it, mm-hmm. go, fuck that. That can't happen again. Yeah. Here we go. We're not gonna make we're not gonna let it happen. We're not again. gonna let it happen again. So let's see now if if Bradford Posh can show that. You yep. know what I mean? Like that kind of uh, spirit that they need. Yeah, we got a couple of away games that are winnable based on league table. So mm. we got Scunthorpe away and Colchester Keep away. Me, stop. So stop. And I say this to fans, I say this to my partners, I say it to my dad. Oh, you got Rochdale, you got whatever. I'm like, stop. Mm-hmm. You cannot look at it that way. Not during COVID. I'm sorry. Yep. If you look at results in all the leagues, it's the most bizarre thing. I'd hate to be a bookie. And I keep telling people, don't be a mug and bet on games mm-hmm. because it's so unpredictable. You've no idea how unpredictable yep. it is. Like you're talking about, we got winnable. Every game on paper is the same. You have to mm-hmm. treat it that way. And if you're a player, don't fall for that either. I sometimes worry, do my players fall for that? Oh, well, we're playing such and such. Yeah, fourth we bottom. just got to turn up. Let me tell you, playing bottom of the table right now is the same as playing top yeah, of the they table. they got something to fight for, Correct. don't they? Correct. Equally as tough. More pressure on you because if you're playing top, okay, you're not expected maybe to win. Yeah. If you're playing bottom, you are. Yeah. So the variables, you know, are very, it's different. Yeah. So again, stop. You, unless you're playing Man City, there's no foregone conclusion, <laughs> is there? No. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's just the way yeah. it goes. Do you know what I mean? So I've learned that with Liverpool's results this year as well. Now, you talked about um, managers in League One, big yeah. clubs in League One. So since we last spoke, we've got Nigel Adkins taking yep. over at Charlton yep. and then Danny and Nicky Cowley yep. going into Portsmouth. Yeah. Some good quality managers. Obviously, you throw in Paul Cook recently. Mm-hmm. So big jobs. Lee Boyer's obviously left, you know, Charlton. I mean, some massive... I mean, if you told me like seven, eight weeks ago that three, of the, three or four of the top ten in League One would change managers, yeah. you know, you'd be like, no chance, you know. But yeah, I mean, um, the Crowley brothers obviously are... are I call Crowley Cowley brothers... We know what they're all about. They're winners. So that's a hell of an appointment. Surprised it's only to the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, that was going to be my question because yeah. it seemed strange it was only to the end of the season. Well, I, I don't know whether that's them or is it yeah. Portsmouth. I don't know. I mean, I mean that's, that's a great job. It's a great project. It's like, you know, if you were going in there as a management team, you'd want two and a half, three years. Yeah. You, you, you know, good owners, great fan base, just a big club. So I'm not sure. I don't know whose that is. Maybe we'll find out in time. But... My pal, the CEO, Mark, who, who runs Portsmouth, that's definitely a good appointment. Mm-hmm. I obviously met you know, Danny in the summer yep. when he was out of work. So, um, yeah, we played Portsmouth, obviously, just before that. And you could tell the players had gone up a gear. We were hoping to get to Portsmouth. They got beaten by Northampton 4-5-0. or mm-hmm. But good teams don't do that forever. You know, eventually the players kind of like bite back and, and they work bloody hard against us, you know. So, and then obviously the other one is um, Nigel Atkins. Yeah, I was always yeah. a fan of Nigel. We had spars with his Scunthorpe team when we got promoted. They went up, we went up, they mm-hmm. came down, we went down. Um, always liked the way he played football. Then he got Southampton rocking and rolling. Um, he is a football guy. 
um, ex goalkeeper, I think he was, wasn't he? Or physio? Physio, wasn't physio. he? Was yeah. he a goalie as well? Uh, maybe, yeah, but I remember him as a physio. physio. But he's one of them positive minded people. If you hear him talk, he's, yeah. he's like a, a walking talk in Tony Robbins' book. But it works very well for him, and I like him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's a good choice from Charlton. I saw their chairman talking about buying his playoff final tickets, his flight tickets. So I remember that kind of optimism I had 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? It's like the years go by, they beat that out of you. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> back, back this is 20 years ago, in fact, it's more than that now, yeah. scarily. We got to the playoffs in 96 right. um, when Sam Allardyce was Blackpool manager, actually. Gotcha. And, you know, they beat us 2-0 at home in the first uh, Valley Parade, the first leg, and they yeah. were all making their plans for Wembley. The sure. coaches, how to book the coaches was in the programme. And we came back and beat them 3-0 at their place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know me, it was Never tempt fate. Never tempt fate. But listen, fair play. Do you know what I mean? It is it is what it is. Um, who else is in there has got jobs? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been some juicy jobs, like, you know, um, given in the last few weeks. So... Look, we're getting to the business end of the mm-hmm. season now. It's getting really interesting. Um, you're still full of optimism, obviously, for Bradford, uh, which is good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and I'm still being my pragmatic yep. self, which I've always been. Yep. I've always said the bigger teams around us are the ones I always felt would, would, would go up. Yep. And I'm hoping the players stick it up me and prove me wrong. Um, it's going to be really, really fascinating. You know, Saturday just... It was my daughter's birthday. That just fucking spoiled the day for mm-hmm. me, you know. But I tried my best to be the family man in the evening, but I was so angry. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, on my office, I mean, I was angry. That was the most angry and aggressive I've been all season. Fuck me almighty. I was, I was, I was drowning on data after that game. Mm-hmm. You know, crosses, fucking set pieces. I have no idea. I was like, so is that how you ugh. go and kind of, you know, for me, we lose and I'm just, yeah, I'll, you're I'll, angry and you I'll kind I'll of, f- I want nothing to do with football no, for the rest of the day. It. I want to fix it. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to row with everyone. So I row with Barry. I row with my partners. I row with a manager. You know, me and him had a great fucking, you know, 25 minutes on the phone. He was repeating back to me, you know, screaming down the phone, repeating mm-hmm. back to me when he'd sit in the dressing room. And, you know, I'm fucking ranting and raving, you know what I mean? Not, you know, having to go with him. No, I'm you're just, just getting it out. You're, you're getting it off your system. It's like yeah. being a fan, I guess, you yeah. know, and you've got like um, a sounding board. So I'm the sounding board for the manager. Barry's the sounding board for me. You know, my wife's the sounding board for me, probably hearing me screaming and ranting and raving in my office, do you know what I mean, at full time. Um, you know, then I'm ringing agents. That's when you hear the dog I'm closing fu- and fucking, she's off. Yeah, no, 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 no everyone. I mean, I'm, there's, there's no one I don't talk to on a Saturday. I'm, I'm just fucking nonstop, you know what I mean? And then you get some wet wipe on fucking Twitter. You know, you, you pull up social media and like the first comment I see is like, and how was your last 12 minutes? And it's just like, you fucking pencil dick motherfucker. I'd say if you were brave enough to put your address, I'd mm-hmm. hire a jet. I'd be in your house in nine hours. Do you know what I mean? Like at that stage, it's like, no, nah, I don't let people wipe me up that much, do I? But uh, yeah, so no, I'm one of them people. And then what I do is I, I, I tend to get stuck into the data, the game, the data, the last four or five games. I start looking for patterns. Mm-hmm. I start looking for things. and I'm always looking for an inch to win, you know, and any little thing. Find the reason Yeah, yeah. So I'll say to the gaff the following day on a Sunday, I'll send over like five points and go, look, you know, this is really interesting information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you want to have a look at it. And I never impose anything on him. He likes me giving him, you know, my thoughts and yeah. ideas. And he, he might pick one. He'll fucking ignore all five. That's up to him. He'll do what he's got to do. I've full trust in him. He's a fucking top, top manager. But that's how I handle things. And, and you know, on a Sunday, we'll always chat then on a Sunday, you know. And I, you know, I couldn't wait to get up on Sunday morning. Sunday morning anyway for me, and we'll talk about it in the biz, business podcast later, my, my schedule. I always spend about two hours on a Sunday morning cleaning up the week mm-hmm. and prepping for the week ahead. Yeah. So, and some of that's football shit. Yeah. <laughs>
Now we're talking about recruiting. Sure. Um, I saw that Walsall were looking for a director of football. What was interesting to me about that was that they published the job ad publicly. Mm. And it's not something you see very often. And I just wondered is, you know, why don't you see that? Is it because you, you, the industry already kind of gets to work, yeah, if you will? I, 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 I guess you could save money. I mean, I wouldn't spend money on an advert. I'd put it on our website. I'd put mm-hmm. it on social media. I'd speak to my Sky contacts. Why would you spend money on putting the advert? It's like going to a recruitment company to right. hire a director of football. I wouldn't waste the fucking money. And in the era of COVID, you need every pound note. I mean, if also want a director of football, ring me and I'll give you three. Right. Um, for free. <laughs> you know, but fair play to them if that's the way they want to go. You know, I don't know. They've had a new owner there. You know, they've had a rocky period. It's a good club. But yeah, I mean, for recruiting, yeah. It's, you don't need to go to those yeah. lengths, in my opinion, anyway. You put your season tickets on sale, I think, the last week Ooh, or two. I think you? we did, yeah. My, my, my partner's very much involved in that with Chris Brewer as well. Mm-hmm. I was kind of away when all the conversations backwards and forwards, and I didn't want to get it because I was on a two-week break. I was like, fuck me. Last time we went through all of this, I was on Zoom every day. But yeah, they're out there um, for our fans. Yeah, it's nice for everyone to get some, um, hopefully, enthusiasm for mm. returning. They're back. And there's an appetite and there's a pent-up appetite and they're selling very well. And we've told people this time, if there's any issues, you get your money back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Straight away, if we see there's any fucking around from the UK government, I don't think there will be. I think these wet wipes who fucking love a lockdown will be forced with the, with the empty fucking hospitals by August mm-hmm. that they're going to have to like let normality resume. Sorry, Corona bros. I know that <laughs> breaks your fucking heart where you're cashing your furlough check. But fuck you, we're going back to normal. And some good cash flow for the club, I'm sure, as well. Not really. It's in the budget already. It's, you know, if you don't yeah. hit metrics and marks and whatever, it's not. It just means yeah. a bigger hole. But, of course, I mean, when you've got no income, really, you know, that is one of your income streams. And, and I'm very, very thankful to our fans. They've stayed with us. And I know some people are feeling rough over missing most of the, all of the games this yeah. fucking season. But hopefully we can, the ultimate payoff will be to give them something to celebrate. And hopefully they'll be they'll be paying for higher football. Mm-hmm. You got any idea what's going to happen with iFollow next year? No idea. It'd be interesting no idea. to see what they do. It's yeah. funny because I, I, I bought a ticket the other day and I watched the sunderland Akron Stanley match and mm-hmm. Sunderland have their own format. Okay. It was an iFollow. And I'd done it before. Charlton did the same. They have their own in-studio guys commentators talking to each other and, and covering the like game. Like they're making it like a studio production. Yeah, Charlton's was really good. Fair play to Charlton. They've got like uh, Scott Minto doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alan Kerbersey on mm-hmm. at the time. And, and I know Randy, my partner, wants to do our own type thing away from my follow and he wants to do some pilot programs on it. And I think if I follow doesn't get his shit together, more and more clubs are going to sign out of it and do mm-hmm. their own in-house production. It's got to be the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what, because now there's this appetite, you know, mm historically you would not want it because you don't want to take fans out from going and attending the games but you, you're still going to have a percentage of fans frightened yeah. because of the news and all the shit that's gone into their heads you're still going to have these people who are going to be like worried about going to games do you yeah. know what I mean so some people you're going to lose them to the streaming world they're not going to want to leave their house for a couple of years yeah. Unfortunately, I've met some people like that. There are going to be people like that. Yeah, and for an away game, you know, now you can get 3,000, you know, say 3,000 because that's how many we've been um, selling and Bolton the same. You know, 3,000 people buying away tickets. It's incredible. I mean, it's uh, income for both clubs. It's brilliant. I mean... The, the the markups and the way it's done, it's not it's not a great science. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't make much money from iFollow. Um and now Sky have put us on TV against Sunderland, yeah. which renders the iPhone my finance person told me we would have made more money from iFollow really? selling to Sunderland fans than Yeah, I guess Sky. for Sunderland, yeah. yeah. 
So that's hit us again. fucking <laughs> great. You can't yeah. win, really, can you? No, not at the moment, no. And, um, you know, as usual, no one's really helping, particularly the government. So, you know, so let's see. But anyway, the good news is fans are going to be back. We're selling season tickets. And, uh, yeah, there's a real appetite for that. So everything's ticking along nicely. So I wanted to ask you about uh, FSG. Sure. Um, Redbird LeBron Capital James Management. And FSG and Redbird, yeah. yeah. So 750 million investment in FSG. Mm-hmm. And I think they've come out and said that it's going to allow them to pursue new sports teams, you know, rather than potentially uh, investing in what they've already got. Yep. My question is, as a Liverpool fan, how do you feel about FSG with other sports? I think, look, great, good for them. They've they've now got a valuation of 7 billion because I think it's sold 10%. That's right, 7.1 billion or something crazy. So they've got a 7 billion valuation. They've taken on minority shareholders and partners. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Henry still, John Henry still has total control. Yeah. Fucking ideal. He's probably taken a couple hundred million I'm for sure. himself. I think they took three or four hundred million out. Yeah, which... there you go. Happy days. Do you know what I mean? A, a new house forever. But you're within your right. We spoke last week about Man United doing yeah. the same. And, um, you know, Liverpool obviously see opportunities further afield. They have a model. They've done well with the Red Sox. They've done well with Liverpool. They bought two iconic brands. They've mm. the, the multiples and what they're worth since they bought them. It's been very successful. It's allowed them to have a $7 billion valuation. Yeah. So what they'll do now is Man City have got that march and everyone else. It's something I've been working on for nine months mm-hmm. is, is multi-club ownership. Yeah. And my partners and everyone around me will, will tell you that. I've worked my ass off on that. I believe in it. I think it's massive. I want to do it. Um, and obviously the bigger clubs are doing it. City are now have 10, 11 clubs mm-hmm. in the football group. So if Liverpool are serious about it, they've also bought a data company, I believe. So again, another thing close yeah. to my heart. Um, breaks my heart because big people with big, bigger wallets than me yeah, are doing, do the doing things you wanted to do that I've had ideas a year yeah. ago to do so yeah um, I think it, it's good news um, if Liverpool fans are expecting Liverpool to spend 200 million this summer forget it it's not the model it's not what they do it's not how they built all this equity and success yeah. so don't get too excited it's not really going to affect Liverpool but for the group itself, it'll be good. Now, as a fan, though, do you look at that and say, well, that means that FSG is going to be distracted. They're going to have a new shiny toy. It no. might actually divert resources away from Liverpool. No, no, because they run the Red Sox in Liverpool very successfully. Two massive, iconic brands. They've had success. They've won World Series. My dad's a Red Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Liverpool have won the first Premier League title, Champions League. No, I've always been critical of FSG that they haven't maybe given Klopp the financial backing the last three years that he should have had. Um, and that's obviously now blown up in their face a yeah. little bit. I, I no, I, I don't think they can. Liverpool fans can maybe say, "Oh, they're going to be distracted." No, I, I think it'll make them a stronger group. It might open up more avenues for recruitment. You know, if they buy more clubs around Europe and around the world. So yeah, listen, good for them. Now I got a couple of things before we go into questions, sure. um, both with the Manchester clubs. Right. Um, first of all, Man United. So yeah. they have signed a new sponsorship sponsorship oh, deal with Team Viewer, which mm-hmm. I think the majority of us are looking at and saying, first thing we're doing <laughs> is <laughs> Googling Team Viewer. Hence why they're paying for the sponsorship. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, which is interesting that you have a company who can afford that sponsorship who aren't really very well known. But there's a million tech companies that you wouldn't know yeah. about. Like I bought a lot of stock this morning in, in a, what's the company called? It's called Plug. Mm-hmm. And no one's ever fucking heard of it. But again, like the shit they're doing, yeah. you know, hydrogen batteries and stuff like that, you know, there's lots of them out there. Yeah. And the deal is 235 million pounds, I mm-hmm. think, um, which worked out at 47 million a year. Yeah. What was interesting is that it was lower than what they got from Chevy. Is that a sign of the times commercially? Yeah, potentially. I mean, Obviously, you know, you say that and then you look at the NFL, they just signed an $11 billion TV deal. Yeah. 11 fucking billion. Are you kidding me? So I don't know. Is that, look, you put a price on a sponsorship package. Is someone willing to pay it? 
if, if that was the best they had on the table, that's mm. what they did. Maybe there's perks and incentives in there that will make yeah. it better than the Chevy deal. Maybe they can still sell like another auto company is going to be the official auto partner. And it- You've got to be creative as a commercial. Like my commercial manager, Alex, is brilliant. And he got really creative. We sold naming rights in the stadium. And then he got creative and decided, well, let's sell stand rights as well. Mm-hmm. So now we're selling the stadium before stands. Then he got creative. Some of my ideas as well, by the way. Training ground. Yeah. You know, academy. Yeah. The U team. You know, to be commercial, you've got to be sales driven. You've got to be marketing driven. You've got to be thinking. One day, I remember saying to him in my office a couple of years ago, why don't we ever sell the Twitter account? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, our Twitter account, why don't we have a sponsor pay us? 10 grand for that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's a fucking great idea. And he went out and he got 10 grand. When you're in sales, you sell fuck, you sell your grandmother. Yep. That's what you do. Um, United commercially have been one of the biggest success stories in the last probably two decades for commercial growth. It's just they have an office in London that just sells commercials. So as the pandemic <clears throat> subsides and we move past it, normality resumes even in those markets. Might take a couple of years. Yep. And I guess what United are looking at with that kind of deal is, is a bird in a hand. Yeah. During a really shitty time. Yeah, get the deal signed. And yeah. What is, you know, outside of those, you know, the top clubs who are on TV all the time, what's spot shirt sponsorship worth? I mean, is it a, is it kind of a throwaway? It's just nice to get some money for? Is it a big part no, of your commercial uh, no, offering? No, I mean, when I, when I first came in, it was something I pushed big time 15 years ago. Yeah. And I bought out our previous shirt sponsors. Mm-hmm. They were paying like 25 grand a year. So I bought it out. And I made sure every deal we did from then on, I said to my commercial guys, you have a clause in there that allows me at any time to buy out the contract. Right. So if someone else comes along with a bigger offer, yep. I can keep flipping. Yep. So that's something my commercial guys learned early on from the sales perspective. You know, we, we signed some of the biggest sponsorship deals in League One. So, you know, it's like we're looking at when we build a new stadium, we're looking to have a massive sponsor partner through the whole building process. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody, I don't know, dildos are us whatever you want to call it yeah and you're trying to build a brand yeah. and then you've got this iconic new stadium in one yeah. of the biggest growing cities in the uk for the next three years i'm going to build this stadium in conjunction with yeah and it'll be the name of the brand so we're looking for naming rights all of that yeah and you can sell long-term naming rights so everyone so people don't know it as london road to start with correct you know so, they always know it as the britannia stadium or correct. whatever it is and, and the beauty there is to say for example we, we landed virgin yeah like brighton got the amex stadium yeah. so say we landed virgin and they gave us i don't know 30 million deal over t- 10 years yeah yeah so you got 30 million over 10 years you can go and factor that with a bank to help you mm-hmm. towards the cost of the stadium yeah. that's what emirates did with arsenal that's what lots of them do you factor the money mm-hmm. you know dallas cowboys and they built their billion dollar stadium at&t i think whoever it was yeah, it's paid AT&T. 300 million mm-hmm. they would have gone to the bank and said look we need a big percentage of that in advance the bank could go well you got 350 we'll give you 270 now and we'll keep yeah. the other 80 million yeah. and there you go now they got 25 percent towards the stadium yeah so factory and evening transfers is then put into commercial um commercial deals now uh, if you've got a good commercial person you can bring in good income and we've grown ours exponentially every single year we've been in business mm-hmm. and, and i'm very alex is one of the best in the business in the efl who works for us on that now as a league one club what's the business case for a sponsor uh, for a shirt sponsor. A shirt sponsor. Say. Well, Tiddy, when you're Peterborough, we're always in the news. Yeah. We score lots of goals. Players we sell for millions are, are there on Sky and their shirt and mm-hmm. pictures of them. Sky like to come to, did like to come to our games. Um, you, you know, you, you have a pitch. So, of course, we're worth sponsoring. If you're a new business that move into Peterborough, we had a foreign Norwegian company once who came in mm-hmm. and they wanted to make a splash. So they rented space at the stadium. They put their names on the stadium. They, put, they wanted their names on the shirt. Mm-hmm. We wanted an energy company who wanted to do energy deals in Peterborough. We had a problem in the end getting paid, but we got our money. But again, see all this, you know, the, yeah. the energy, the climate change. Yeah. But again, they put their names on the shirts. So 
there's, there's, a, there's always a reason, you know what I mean? Bradford, the reason would be where well, you got 20,000 fans every yeah. week. And, you know, as much as it's a big place, Bradford, it's a small community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I go in there at my bike company and I want to I want to sell electric bikes all over Bradford, yeah. I'll go sponsor Bradford. You've got a put, pretty captive audience. I will put Velo yeah. e-mopeds on the, on the shirts yeah. straight away, you know, and that's my, I'm, I'm, I'm a partner to the club. So people are wanting to pay money for that kind of mm -hmm. shit. So yeah, it's big. Um, and the other side of Manchester I wanted to talk about was yeah. um, Man City. I read yesterday replacing 1,100 seats yep. with an additional row of advertising boards. Yep. You Simple know, maths. basically at the top, advertising boards are worth more than bums on seats. Absolutely. There you go. Someone's done the maths. Someone's got a calculator out and gone, well, actually, we can bring this in per year versus this per year. The seats are gone. Yeah. <laughs> you can just imagine the whole stadium. Absolutely. You know, Dallas Cowboys-sized uh, scoreboards. Correct, yeah. but what did I say about, you know, money talks and bullshit walks, you mm -hmm. know, and that's that's the hard truth, um, you know. So someone's done their maths really well there, and they made the right call, obviously, and there's more income for Manchester yeah. City. Now, have you ever looked at electric boards? Mm. Wasn't financially viable with the yeah. league we're in. Mm -hmm. When we're in the championship, I would imagine we'll have them. All right, well, we've got a lot of questions this week, cool. so let's take a quick break. Before we go to break, yeah. hardtruthbusiness.com. Subscribe to the new business service. It's growing. It's a great community. We're doing a live Zoom call with all of our uh, members in two yeah. weeks. We're listening to business pitches. There's money on offer for investments. Yeah. If your finger's in your ass, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling low, you need a big lift, this is the subscription you need to pay for because you're going to love it. You get daily access to me on email and messaging with all the members every day. You will love this. So go to hardtruthbusiness.com and go yeah. sign up. It's for less than 30p a day. Yeah, you know, and I love the fact that everyone's helping each other as well. It's brilliant. Yeah. They're all working together. There are people saying, you know, it's not just me in there. There are other like-minded business people saying, oh, you got a new business. Here's an idea. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to help you with this. Da, da, da. Like I said, less than 30p a day. This thing could be life-changing for some people. So go sign up, hardtruthbusiness.com. All right. With that, we're going to the break. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go straight into the questions. We have a ton of questions this week, so let's see if we get through them all. Um, I'm going to start with Adam, who's a Blackburn fan, and he wanted to know if you'd seen much of Harvey Elliott. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words here. Harvey Elliott, who is on loan at Blackburn from Liverpool. He says Absolutely. 33 matches, 10 assists, 5 goals, and he's a 17-year-old. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And by the way, when he was 15 or 16, he looked like a 30-year-old. Mm -hmm. This kid looks like years older. <laughs> Um, let me tell you, probably the biggest mistake Liverpool made this season, not having a recall clause right. in that kit because we could have done with him and Jan and Feb. Mm -hmm. um, his energy, the way he plays, when you look at how we were offensively, where we weren't getting in between the lines, we weren't creating goals, we weren't making, you know, bar the front three, no one else was making goals. Do you know what I mean? What we would do to have that kid in our team right now, he he will play for England next year. Yeah. He's Welsh or English, but he will he will play for England, in my opinion. And he will be in our eleven next year. Yeah, so you think he's a fast track to the first team? I think team. he's top class. Yeah, I think like that kid's got it all. What he's doing in the championship at seventeen—that physical, it's more physical than mm -hmm. Prem. Um, I think Klopp's going to love his style of play, and he's built for Klopp because he's all action. He's non-stop. He's fucking. He's got an eye for a goal. He's got an eye for making a goal. You know the energy levels. Fucking unbelievable talent. Absolute bargain. So for Blackburn fans, enjoying why you've got him. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Christ, yes. Um, you know, obviously it hasn't worked out for them, I don't think, in a promotion race. But 
you know what they've done for his career this year as well it's a two two pronged thing but no big big player next year yep. for Liverpool big player I've got a question from Liam who's a Sunderland fan yep uh, Liam says he just wanted to get your take on Sunderland having about 20 players out of contract in the summer you know he said that it's in one hand he says it seems like real mismanagement to be left in that situation on the other hand gives us great flexibility if we get promoted it's brilliant for the new owners if I was buying a club tomorrow I wouldn't want to buy a club where you're going in and there's a load of players on two, three, yeah. we spoke about this before, yeah. on long contracts where my job is tougher. Like when I bought Peterborough, I knew there was X amount of players at a year left, so it was easier. I could come to compromise agreements to get mm-hmm. rid of people. Okay, I'd have to write some checks, but they wouldn't be that big. If you go in there, a club the size of Sunderland, you're going to, particularly like the new wealth they've now got, they've got yeah. a very wealthy family that own the club. So they're going to be going for a big time in the fucking summer. So the idea that they can get rid of, I suppose you would call some of it Deadwood, some of its yeah. assets, some of its players you're going to want to keep, it's ideal, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's the perfect to have, because you've also got players right now playing for their careers, mm-hmm. which also keeps them kind of like hungry yep. uh, and honest. And, you know, you're just going to have a scenario in the summer where Lee Johnson and the Sunderland board will just take out a fresh page and just go, right, who are we keeping? Yeah. Who do we want? And off we it's go. It's like playing football manager, isn't it? it? It's perfect. I think it's ideal for Sunderland. Yep. You know, Sunderland are, are, will go into a golden period. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Based off the back of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever happens to them, whether they stay in the league. In fact, it'd probably be a better situation for them. They get promoted because they can 100%. go. 100%. They can go and get championship players. Exactly. They can bring in Premier League loans. They can go out and recruit, you know, whatever they want to do. I, I don't know what the recruitment process is or if they have a director of football with the new ownership or maybe they're going to wait till the summer. Maybe the owners are coming and going, let's see where this takes us this season and yeah. then we can make our slight adjustments in the summer. So I just think to, for Sunderland fans, it's a brilliant time and, and, and well-deserved, you yeah. know, because they've had a few like... They've had some hard times. They've had some hard times, yeah. yeah. I've got a question from Jeff who said he's a Borough fan, so I'm going to guess that that's Middlesbrough. Sure. And then I'll have uh, him come back and say, no, it was really Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many footballers are, footballers are given a relegation release clause um, and have you ever wanted a club to go down so you could target players that have release clauses? No, no. I've, I've never been fortunate to be in a position where we could afford to, to nick talent from teams getting relegated, you know, mm-hmm. from big big clubs or whatever you might say. But look, I'm sure there's more and more clauses nowadays because of the pandemic and everything that's happened that have been put in. Who would have ever thought we would have had a scenario where we'd done a football for months and months so we can't pay all your wages? I'm sure yeah. that's gone into some contracts. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a pandemic clause gone in to contracts. Um would I have in there that players can leave for free if relegated? No. If I'm buying a play, if it's a free transfer and they're coming to a Peterborough and they're like, look, we're only going to play for you in the championship. It's the only way I could get them to sign, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not one for changing massively. So to, you also to, question the loyalty of somebody who's... I do, but I understand. Yeah. You know, as an owner and a guy, a football guy, I also understand it's a short career. I also understand players want to play at the top and you have to go both sides of yeah. the argument. I also understand that we need assets. And we need to protect our assets. Mm-hmm. So I get both sides and I try and compromise as much as I can with fucking agents and players and, and making it work. You know, would I, that's something I'd put in my players' contracts where they've cost us money and their assets and they walk for free if we go down. No, because then you're always worried about 
in the final game of the season. You got a goalkeeper who's got one of those clauses, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I don't want to fucking hang around here." Anymore. And I know I can go somewhere else if I get a free transfer. So it's a bit dangerous. No yeah. questioning integrity there, which I don't like to do, but it's dangerous. Yeah, and it could protect you if you get relegated from a cash perspective oh, as well. Well, you, we have that in all our Especially now that we've got gaps, such we, big gaps. Yes, we've got League 2 salaries in yeah. our players' contracts. We've got League 1, we've got Champ, we've got Prem. We cover it all. Yeah. If a player signs a four-year deal with us, he's usually got the four mm-hmm. things in there. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, that's what you do. Contracts. Now, isn't that tough to budget for? Does that suggest you have to have a budget for, you know, a Premier League budget, a championship budget? Or, <laughs> yeah. or are you just kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be th- very excited to be designing throwing, a Premier League right, budget. Exactly. <laughs> like throwing num- numbers that you know are as uh, market value for that player if you no, get No, not really. Because, you know, if you're a small club or a smaller club, so you have a player on, I don't know, I'm, and these aren't real figures. Let's say they're on a grand in league two they're on two grand in league uh, one they're on four grand in the champ and then you put 10 grand for the yeah. prem which is still really low in the prem mm-hmm. but that's what you do yeah. when you're doing that you know contract across different leagues to cover all bases you know really and you know if you ever found yourself in the prem and sure. uh, they're not going to be saying okay i've got this contract for 10 grand they're going to be knocking on your door saying hang on a minute you yeah, know I'm, I'm, market I mean, value I'm, of me now I'm is, one of those is 50 i'm always moving and evolving so yeah. i'm always changing contracts i'm always up in contracts i'm always if someone deserves a new contract they get in even if someone signs a four-year deal and they go out and have the season of their life. I'm ripping it up and giving them a new one. Mm-hmm. I've done it over and over, you know, for younger players and whatever. And it's the right way to do it because it's like you reward success and growth. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to hold them against their will. Not a chance. So no way. Another question from Jeff. Do you have any worries about losing fans who maybe look at different ways of spending money or using things like iFollow, like we talked about earlier, rather than a live football experience when they're budgeting for next season? You, you know, you worry, you ch- habits changing, basically. You worry about the pandemic, obviously, how it's affected people economically. Of course you do. And I know that, you know, our area and our great city of Peterborough, there are people going to be feeling real pain. And the last thing they need is to be spending 400 quid or 300 quid on a season ticket. And I totally empathize. Mm-hmm. And I, I would do the same. So there is going to be some loss. But equally, hopefully, there's going to be some new fans who want to go to sporting yeah. events and want to get out of their houses. And, you know, whereas they might have gone to London to support a club because they've moved to Peterborough, with the pandemic coming out, they might think, well, I don't want to get in a train to London anymore. I'm going to go support Peterborough. So I'm hoping there's a bit of a balanced payoff mm-hmm. there. Um, question from Zach. Zach actually uh, says on last week's pod, you said how you have to try not to be persuaded by fan opinion when mm. making decisions for the club. But are there situations, particularly managerial, where you kind of almost have to give in to the fans. And I think he cites um, Kenny Jackett and Paul Lambert as a couple of examples. Yeah, I mean, are you giving in to the fans or are you giving in to the staleness of what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you've got a situation where your manager is not popular with fans, who is obviously not popular with your players, who, if you look at a trajectory, isn't going that way. Yeah. Is either going flat line or that way. That's a decision you're going to make anyway. Fans aren't going to make me fire a manager. Yeah. So... But many elements would. Um, of course, they're your customer base and you want to listen to your customer base. And the ultimate goal is winning to help your customer base yeah. and your fan base and your family. Um, so having the best manager and a winning manager always helps. But, you know, no manager is, is 100% loved. You know, even our gaffer, who's very popular with our fans, there'll be still a few moaners from years gone by going, why have we still got them? And mm-hmm. why are we still in League One? Blah, blah, blah. But that's not going to affect the decision to fire the manager. Great. Um, and Michael, who's a very disgruntled Swindon fan, wrote a long email. I think they're having some tough times, right. you know, figuring out what's going on with ownership, what's going on in the yeah. field. Um, not too happy about John Sheridan. Yeah. Um, great club. 
yeah, and so there was a lot of things that came out of that, but I'm just going to, because um, we covered a little bit about it in Zach's question, sure. I'm just going to ask one of the questions that Michael did ask at the end. Okay. Do you think that fans not being in the stadium is helping managers keep their jobs for yes. longer? Yes, 100%. I think the pandemic, the lack of money, um, owners have got so much else to deal with, worrying about the future, worrying about paying bills at the end of the month. Last thing they need is probably paying out extra money to fire a manager. Fans aren't there to scream at them in the stadium. Mm -hmm. You know, the managers aren't really getting screamed at in the stadium. Definitely, I think the pandemic has helped some people keep their jobs. If someone out there wants to take the time, I would think since the new season started, it's probably one of the lowest quotas of manager turnovers. Usually it's 11 months of the average job. I might be wrong on that, but that might back up what we just said. Mm, It'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it? During the pandemic, have less people lost their jobs this year than the previous seasons. So, and that would kind of buy into not having fans and with everything going on in the pandemic, people are keeping their jobs longer. Right. Um, last questions, which come in from Paul, and they're actually re- on a related topic about managers. Sure. Um, I said a few episodes ago, you talked uh, about managers' contracts and hiring, firing managers. Um, a couple of connected questions. First, in any other areas of the business, would you continue to pay wages of a manager who was sacked because of poor results? You know, a manager of a commercial manager or a, you know, a manager in a in your not a non-football business. Yeah, but in those businesses, a commercial manager, they'd be on a you know a, a month-to-month or whatever yeah. the, the law is in the country you're in, where you could turn them over and recruit someone else. Football management is different because managers are seen as assets. Yeah. Which if someone comes in to nick them you want compensation. The only way you can get compensation is if it's in a contract the other way. That, you know, could I hire a manager tomorrow on a month-to-month contract? Yes, I could. Is the quality going to be there? Not necessarily. The danger in that is if he wins 10 in a row and he wins manager of the month twice, a club and a champ will come and take him. I'll get zero. So then I have to take that calculated risk. Okay, I've got to give him a longer contract, which means if I fire him, I've got to pay him off. But now I get creative with that where I put in contracts that they get paid while they're sitting at home, if they get another job, it stops. Mm-hmm. And that's the way to do it. So an example would be Steve Evans. Yeah, He left, and I think within three months, he got the Gillingham job. So we only paid him three months wages because he'd already got another job. And he was of the mind where he wanted to work and fair play to him. Mm-hmm. Some manager Yeah, he could have happy. sat back and just taken it. Yeah, and he didn't want to do that. And yeah. I like that about Steve. Do you know what I mean? He wanted to get on with it. You know, and when you look at the corporate side, though, when you look at uh, VPs and executive C-suites, yep. I mean, they're all on contracts as well. And this is exactly the same. You you want to fire your CEO of a big company, then you're going to be sure that you're going to be paying them off and He's probably paying them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. It's, 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 the more of an asset you are, the more you can ring fence right. yourself. You mean you can demand yourself. it? Right. Of course you can. Uh, listen, absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, we, we lost an assistant manager recently or a coach and we got 50 grand. Yeah. So that was in the contract. Yeah. So equally, if I'd fired him, I would have had to pay him 50 yeah. grand. So give and take. Place. Yeah. Um, and the last question was, many football managers um, bring their own set of assistants and coaches. So do their contracts give them similar benefits if the manager's sacked? Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the staff you align similarly, you know, would like uh, release clauses. Like I just mentioned an assistant there we had. It was, it was a clause of 50 grand either way. If we fire him, you get 50. If, if someone wants you, it's 50. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it'd be the same all the way through to the goalie coach you would always have different clauses. Now, and I don't want this to sound mean, but obviously as you go down the rung of staff, some aren't as valuable as others. Yeah. So you don't have massive clauses in yeah. there. Some of them might have a two month firing clause yeah. or whatever it might be. That, look, that's fucking life. There's a chain of command. There's, that's just the way it goes, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that about wraps it up cool. for this week. So I want to thank all the listeners for listening in as Absolutely. always. Um, and just encourage you, keep those questions coming. 
um, we'll have producer Henry on the case. Um, so send those over by email, contact at hardtruthfootball.com or through the, um, the contact page, which is hardtruthfootball.com slash contact. And of course, the business podcast, we talked about that earlier. If it has any interest to you at all, and it should do, what's going on in that community, um, check that out at hardtruthbusiness.com. Thanks, folks. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. All the best. Bye.